So I'm joined today by Mr. Ian Kelly. Sir Ian, how are you doing? How are you doing, my friend? It's nice to be just called by my, uh, by my first name again. It's usually yeah. uh, getting introduced as some sort of gimmick name, so it's nice to be just Ian Kelly, and that's me here today, which you? <laughs> Stripped down bear. Bear, you know, naked as, 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 as I came into the world. Well, obviously not, because nobody wants to see that, but... Uh, other than that, I'm all good, my friend. Um, lockdown, exciting, lots to do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's no, why we're here. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I hope you're well yourself. Yeah, I'm well. So, tell us about what you do. Podcasting was. Where should we start? Yeah. Uh, well, we have the uh, the Dynamo Podcast Network that was launched basically about a week ago, I think. Um. I've been in podcasting now for about three years, just touching on three years. Started off with a uh, small independent show called Dynamo's Dozen, where uh, basically we, well, I it was me basically working alone, um, interviewing, you know, anybody that was interesting, put it that way, whether it was from friends uh, that I felt had interesting stories that were going to entertain people. And they're actually some of the biggest downloads still to this day, which is funny. Um, shout out to Peter Farrell, Pizza, Justin Shape, um, OTT Superstar. Still one of the most uh, downloaded episodes we've ever had. Three hours of us just talking absolute shite, drunk. <laughs> um, absolute great crack. Might have been weed in there somewhere, but I don't know. It wasn't That's I can't remember. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um yeah, went from there. We start getting some uh, some big names in. Start getting some uh, wrestling legends in, like Bobby Fulton, Brian Blair, uh, Bobby Fulton from the Fantastics, Brian Blair, obviously from the Killer Bees. For anyone that's not familiar with Brian Blair, uh, big pro wrestler back in the eighties, nineties, and he's also the uh, the chairman, the head of the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club as well. So, um, he's, he's a big deal within the within the wrestling world, and and especially within the legends wrestling world. Uh, but boom, yeah, it just progressed and progressed start getting guys um from music on then basically i'd like to describe dynamo's dozen really it started off as me having a background in wrestling and wanting yeah. to make something like a wrestling podcast but i was very open to to it being um diverse enough that i could have you know it would lend itself to anybody you know similar to what you're doing you know yeah um not to make it too niche, because I was a big fan of, obviously, Chris Jericho's podcast. I was a big fan of uh, Stone Cold's podcast and a uh, big, big fan of uh, Joe Rogan's. I was thinking we could make it like an Irish version like that. You know what I mean? Um, just anybody that's interested. That's where the dozen comes from. Ian the Dynamo Kelly was the wrestling name that I had when I wrestled. And the dozen came from it could be a dozen different topics on any given week. You know, so that was the whole and it has a ring to it. Dynamo's yeah. dozen. <laughs> it rolls that's off. That's one tongue. of those. Well, that's one of those. I'm not going to lie, and uh, you know, this is a real cliche kind of thing. But that is literally one that came from the toilet. You know, <laughs> I'm sitting on the <laughs> toilet going, "Dynamo's dozen." Why is that in my head? I got to go with that. And um, yeah, so we we start getting some bigger guests as we went along. Um, you know, the, the 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 names are endless there, and, and I was very privileged and lucky in a lot of ways uh, with timing. That I was able to get the guests on at the time that I did, um, and then when it blew up, obviously when we had Phil and Selmo on the show, um, lead singer from Pantera, down, just all around legend. Um, 
and that was a huge kind of coup and that kind of really put eyeballs on, on the show and the product and it kind of uh it allowed me to kind of create a bit more of a relationship with the, some of the listeners then because obviously when when they're staying with you every single week um they're also interested sometimes in what you have to say about certain things too so we were able to kind of talk about music especially when you're kind of you know because one week you might pull in the wrestling crowd and you know the next week they hear there's a musician on but what i found was a lot of these guys were staying on to listen to the musician as well just because it was like well hell i've got an hour on the way to work anyway so the morning commute is boring i may as well listen to it there's a nice there's a nice connection there within the the rock and wrestling they just kind of amalgamate like that a lot of the time that's exactly it, and and it's cool because a lot of these uh, a lot of these rock stars, if you want to call them rock stars, I know they don't generally don't like that name unless they're from, you know, the eighties and more spandex and had their hair yeah. all uh, puffed up. But uh, I think um, a lot of these guys love wrestling as well, so there was a nice crossover too. You know, they liked actually getting asked questions about pro wrestling because a lot of them were from most of the guys that I've interviewed were from the kind of New Orleans area, so wrestling was a big deal to those guys growing up so they love actually chatting about something different other than other than their particular uh other than their particular band and asking them what album oh what's your favorite album what's your favorite song you've ever written i mean these are these are questions that they you know, asked a million times yeah and it's probably just a boring question in general you know what i mean all of them <laughs> i wrote all of them so i love them all um so yeah that's that's it really but in terms of uh, I know you probably wanted to talk about the network a bit more in depth later, so we'll kind of get to that later if you want. But in terms I'll, of, that's where it all started with the Dynamo Dozen show. So I'll have to make sure that my questions are not too predictable. Sure, yeah, hit me. I told you that. We we, we so, go way back, Maurice, So uh, <laughs> If we were to go with one episode and one episode alone, your favorite episode ever of the podcast, what would it be? Oh, now that is a tough question. And I have been asked that before, and I still find it very difficult to answer. I was asked it in a different way. I was asked if I was to recommend one episode, what would I recommend? And I was like, oh, Jesus, man, it depends on what you're interested in, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've your, had UFO guys. Your personal favorite, though. Me, my personal favorite would be probably the, the second episode with Phil and Selmo, purely uh, from a standpoint that I generally don't... Uh, I generally don't listen back to my uh, to my shows a lot, other than just skim through it to make sure it's all perfect before, you know, see if anything needs to be edited or whatnot. And um, that was the one that I had to pinch myself because, uh, you know, I, I was lucky enough to get Phil on once through Kyle Thomas from Exorder, who had been on a previous episode, and we'd had a we'd had a friendship online for well over a decade, you know, up to this point, and. Uh, when he got back to me, I was lying there one day on the couch. Um, I had asked him, I said, here, I know you're friends with Phil and Selmo. You think you could put the word in? Just just put it out there. Like, And he goes, yeah, I'll try anyway. And I was literally lying there on a Sunday one day before uh, we're having to get into Monday and do the work and all that kind of boring stuff. And I got a text going, yeah, Phil's happy to do it. I was like, what? You know what I mean? I was absolutely like shocked and, and, and blown away. So um the first episode was good but you know it's very short because it was it was all promoting the new album and it had to go through you know a, a team a, you know promotions yeah. you know company and all that but uh we actually within that space of 30 minutes we actually we, we actually had an hour he was only meant to have 25 minutes with each guest we ended up on the phone for an hour because before i even hit the record button 
uh, we were talking about boxing and horror movies and wrestling and he was like, shit, man, we haven't even started the fucking show. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we better get into it. So the show itself was just all about the actual album. And, uh, you know, you'll hear at the end of that show, he's like, send me an email, send me an email. Because we actually, um, he gave me his personal email. And I was like, what the fuck is actually happening here? You know what I mean? This Phil and Selmo's opening a relationship with me now. And, uh, so when we got to the second show, that was that's probably my personal favorite purely because we'd already had a bit of rapport. The nerves were kind of gone from me then because I kind of knew what, what he was about. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then spending over two hours just talking to literally one of your childhood idols that you grew up listening to um, was just incredible. So I'd say that's probably my personal favorite show, either that or, um, or having Harley race on um, because he was one of my all-time favorites and one of the best world champions of all time. So, um, but yeah, I think the Phil and Selma one would, would be, would be the top, uh, number one. Sure. Yeah. So you touched a little bit on the network earlier, the network that you're making at the moment. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we, the, the one podcast ended up, anybody that knows me, I'm uh, quite artistic in the, and I always have these, ideas in my head and trying to make things bigger and grander and uh, you know i've got a lot as as people can tell right now i've got a lot to uh, say and uh, i like i like talking <laughs> that's why you're in podcasting right you're not in podcasting because you don't like talking um so we kind of um i was kind of thinking because the way dynamo doesn't was going i was like right it's not so niche anymore it is more of a pop culture podcast where we can talk about anything um what if we made a wrestling show? We had the half dozen initially, and that was what that was doing okay, but it was still kind of very very similar. That was the first first kind of uh, concept that I had. But then the four Podmen uh, concept came from um, anybody that hasn't listened to it. Check out the four Podmen. It's basically it's four guys sitting around that will review either a pay per view and not even review it. Excuse me, we're not like Dave Meltzer's here where we're going with stars and all this nonsense. Um, fuck Dave Meltzer, anyway. I, I say that on every show, as you know. I'm going to say it on your show, too. I think most people agree with me at this point, anyway. You know, um, Fuck that guy. Don't wish any ill will on him, but yeah, talk some nonsense. Um, so we kind of... Um, me and Carl King um, from Two Tales of Woe, as you know, one of the biggest kind of metal bands in Ireland... Um, we were always having these conversations like, actually, and I remember texting Carl one day going, here's a question. This would be a good show. Hulk Hogan, do you think he had a better run as a babyface or a better run as a heel? And like, that is a good question. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like, that's a really cool concept, you know, a show based on that. And um, I kind of had the idea then of like, if we had four of us, you know, four pod men, the name kind of came. Um, I suppose just out of the, off the back of having the four of us that I knew that we needed, and of course, mutual friend of, of ours, uh, Noel Hogan from yeah. Wrestling Mania. Hit him up on Facebook and uh, get your latest merch. They're still for all your Chris, all your Christmas needs. Exactly, all yeah. anything you need. He, he's like Red from uh, he's like Red from the Shawshank Redemption. He's the man that knows how to get things. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, the, the, the whole concept of the four pod men was that it was like literally it, it can be a, a show where it's four boys sitting around a table. 
no sim not too dissimilar to us now except we're we're doing it through uh through the internet unfortunately yeah uh, but sitting around cracking a few beers and going through moments in time so the first show was exactly that the first concept Whole did you all meet did you all meet in person to do that we did the first few shows in person exactly in uh, in the in wrestlemania in stevens green um in dublin's fair city and uh we yeah we we just sat in we had a couple of beers we, we basically shot the shit had a had a conversation about it the first few went well um one of the original third uh, member of the four pod men uh, dara o'connor he uh he kind of couldn't really commit later on because it was a monthly concept initially but i always had the idea of like I'm going to rope these motherfuckers in and we're going to get them weekly eventually. You know yeah. what I mean? They don't know what's going. But me and Noel kind of knew that that was the route to go eventually. Um, we got about 10 episodes in, but doing it once a month wasn't really cutting it because we were getting really good numbers and stuff. And, and uh, as you know, people's interest goes very, very quickly. People's attention yeah. span, especially in this game, when you've got a podcast about literally everything, right now i mean there's probably a podcast about fucking flatulence somewhere um that there's that many around you know what i mean so yeah it was uh that 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 was a hugely successful show and then of course we brought in the dj road dog mr dj mr jason kennedy um, no better man exactly who you he's know re- well from from nights out um his wrestling knowledge is fucking through the roof like yeah it's nearly up there with mine to be fair it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always think. Although he'd probably say say that as well. In fairness to him, no. he is he is a way of putting things though, doesn't no. he? The way he talks. Jay has an, he has an incredible wrestling knowledge, and the thing about it is, he was the guy that I wanted from day one. Um, but I had to kind of play the waiting game with, with Jay because uh, you know he's just one of those complex characters, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. You know what I mean? He's he's a real. Yeah. He he's a deep thinker. Um, he he won't just jump headfirst into something. He's a very analytical thinker. You know what I mean? He'll take a step back. And there was a spot there, and I basically approached Jay about it and said, "Listen, check this show out and listen back and see what you think." And he kind of fell in love with the concept straight away. And uh, I got the man that I wanted. You know what I mean? It was like that that summer signing that you want, and uh, <laughs> you find you finally get him. Played yeah. the waiting game, and now I got him. So. Jay's come in and just added a whole new dimension to it. Um, the the uh, the banter and the the dynamic between all four is 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 very very great and it's it's very organic too. Um, so that's been that's been a lot of fun. And <clears throat> excuse me, we've had um, you know, we have a, we have an ASI podcast, which essentially means American Sports Ireland, where me and one of the guys talk about you know American sports, NFL, yeah. hockey, basketball. Um, Dara off the back of that now has an NFL show. Uh, we got the Superior Comic Book Show on, run by Peter Hart. Peter Hart Graphics, by the way, go check them out on uh, on <clears throat> excuse me on Facebook and of course and uh, on Instagram. You can see all the good designs. So all the cool little logos that we have are done by Peter as well. So he has his own um, show called the Superior Comic Show. They debuted their first episode with the network there the other day as well. So, yeah, I just encourage people to go and check out um, the uh, the Dynamo Podcast Network on Facebook. It's it's uh, and you have a new football one as well. Yeah, we have a new football one as well called the Upper Tier, um, where it's Noel is now the host. Noel is is hosting that show, and 
and myself and Peter join him and a couple of other guests join him as well. So that's going to hopefully grow uh, and, and hopefully we'll get more guests on uh, down the line. I'm sure you'd love to come on and talk about Arsenal. Um, Maybe when they start winning a few games. Yeah, when they start winning. <laughs> I, I keep getting, uh, I, I have this hashtag running, hashtag free Ozil and then people keep laughing about it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it's it's just something different for everyone. I mean, eventually, I don't want to be in all of them because it's not a vanity project for me either. It's literally all of us have equal say in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, the Dynamo Podcast Network, I think people knew Dynamo's doesn't had got over pretty big that we decided to kind of keep the name Dynamo in it in some way, shape or form because it's kind of, I suppose, we're trying to brand it eventually. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think uh, the Dynamo Podcast Network, it's not the worst name I've ever heard. We probably could have up with something better, but I, I think it's pretty okay. I think uh, the it's design is nice. Yeah. So we're, we're open to getting podcasts on the network at all, you know, of all different types of podcasts. And, and, and that's what I mean when I mean I'm taking a step back um, from some of the shows and, and letting the guys kind of do their there, thing, you know. There's only so much you can do. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? It's uh, you know the pandemic has allowed us to kind of do a little bit more, but you also know it, there's so much work that goes in with it now, from promoting it, from getting shows ready, from um, networking as well, which is still the biggest job of all. Um, and yeah, but like it, it's so far, there's been a great reaction to it. So hopefully, it just keeps uh, keeps on going. Really good job on the football graphics there as well with the score predictions, and it's. Yeah, nicely that's presented. All, that's all done by uh, that's all done by Peter Hart. Like I said, he makes those graphics. He puts puts all that stuff up. He's uh, he's our little kind of whiz kid. You know what I mean? And and having him on board is uh, is great because he he's kind of a, he's our um, he's our visual guy. He makes everything look really nice. And I can probably announce to you there now officially because people have been hearing it on the podcasts for you know whoever how long that we were gonna go to YouTube. We're going to YouTube. But uh, that is Brilliant. actually official. We will be going to YouTube within the next next two to three weeks, anyway. Yeah. So, um, are you going to are you going to take all the shows to YouTube? Or are you well, going to take a select few? I think so. I mean, uh, we'll probably do the snippets thing as well. I think snippets are good. You know, sometimes people just want to flick through a video for four minutes and and just watch, you know, a conversation about, you know, Ali Gunnar Solskjaer or something like that. And, and, and yeah. So I think that's the way we're going to go. I think the flagship show. Dynamo's doesn't deserves to have its full show on on it as as its own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and we'll probably pick. You know, we, we, depending on the conversations we have with with certain guests, I think we'll uh, we'll kind of snippet that out as well. Kind of similar to how J- Jim Cornette does it. You know, the full show is there if you want to listen to the whole thing. But then you've got good good segments out of it too. So I think we'll do both ways. And I think eventually, yeah, um, depending on each individual and what what show they're running if they want to be on youtube or not um yeah definitely but it, we, we, that is our goal is to, to kind of eventually have all the shows on on youtube and uh, of course the lads can can do their own patreons and different stuff like that where I'm, I'm in the process of um coming up with patreon ideas as well to kind of make the fans more involved and 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 uh, and hopefully get some money for the show not not necessarily to make us rich but to um to help the show in in visually, do you know what I mean? We can get better equipment. We need to make sure yeah. that all the lads have have what they need at home. Um, green screens. We want to make it look nice and sexy for all the sexy people listening. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I actually ordered a green screen a couple of weeks ago as well. 
but I don't know if I'll use it. I'll just, I'm just going to mess around with it to start with anyway. Yeah, it's just an idea. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I have a yeah. nice little kind of display case at the back of me, and sometimes people are asking to see more of that, so I might uh, might run with that for the first little while. But um, everyone knows me as a collectibles guy as well, so I like showing me props. So that could be a cool way to go also, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really the plan with the network. As I said, it's uh, it's only in its infancy now as a network, so... The, uh, the 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 possibilities are endless to, to steal a very well used cliche. So where are Chelsea going to finish this year? Oh, that's a good question. I like that. Let me turn the. Yeah. You know what? That's a good question. You put the heat up here, so I'm going to turn the heat yeah. down. I've got my heater right in front of me. Hang on. So you can probably still hear me. I'm not going to keep ignoring you. Uh, Chelsea yeah. going to come this year. I believe, I believe second place is up for grabs there. To be honest. Yeah, I think so. Um, I look at second place there, and I think, uh, I think Man City aren't what they were, and I think it's going to actually take a lot of work to get them back to where they were, and that's not true. That's not true. Ridiculous. You know, there's probably people going, what the fuck are you talking about, Ian? Hear me out. There's a lot of big players in that. I mean, the team suddenly hasn't become shit overnight. They're not bad players overnight. Yeah. But I, I question with Pep Guardiola and the vision, I mean, he's had to sign another two-year contract. Is that is that purely because he wants to win that Champions League? I think because so. I personally think he's gone back to Barcelona at the end of that two years because, you, you know, Barcelona's calling out for him, right? Um, yeah, I think he wants to win that Champions League. I don't think it's going to happen. It could happen. It happened with us in 2012, but I, I don't know. Like, I can just, I, I can't see a team like them or PSG just going the whole way. No. You see, <clears throat> when you look at when Chelsea did it in 2012, that was special. Because that was literally a bunch of older players that had built the brand and that team over the course of almost a decade. Like, do you know what I mean? The and Di Matteo as well at the helm. And then Di Matteo coming back at the helm. That was something that was just, Gary Neville said it, written in the stars. You know what I mean? It was just something that was there. Um, I don't think City or, yeah, PSG have that kind of... They're building it now. I mean, they're building it, and that's fair enough. And I know Chelsea didn't have a you know, rich history in winning Premier Leagues and all that before. But let's be fair, when I grew up watching Chelsea, I mean, we had the likes of Kerry Dixon and all play. We were always up in the kind of mid-table mark. But then, don't forget, players like Rude Hullet, Glenn Hoddle and Zola came in long before Abramovich and yeah. played. That's that's where the term sexy football came from, right? You know? Yeah. Um, so there was like a sleeping giant kind of thing. And uh, City just kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, right, it's another, yeah. another. And City are a big club. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're the most supported club in Manchester. United fans like to say Man City have no fans. What they do, actually, they're just, uh, they're all from Manchester. <laughs> um, but I think, no, I think Chelsea realistically could finish second this year. I think uh, we look at the start of the season. There was a couple of, you know, dodgy moments. They were still conceding goals. But then they bring Mendy in. and Big difference. And Thiago Silva. I mean, I don't know whether you... I know you watch a lot of football. A lot of people have been saying this to me because I've been calling this for the last year. I've always saw world-class potential in Kurt Zuma. Always. Yeah. 
And you're starting to see that now in the last few games. He's really standing out as somebody that looks comfortable with what's around him. You know, they all speak French, and then you've got Kante back in, in that DM position sitting right in front of them. So you've got Mendy, Zuma, Thiago Silva, and Kante that all speak French together as well. You know what I mean? Um, you've saw the like, keeper. Yeah, it's like Chelsea all of a sudden have become the best defensive team in the league of the last probably five or six games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then you've Tottenham, obviously, with Mourinho going up against us this weekend, which is a, it's, it's like defence versus defence. I'm so surprised, though, because Spurs are fairly expansive at the moment. You know, they're playing nice football. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mourinho always had this in his locker. I've, You know I've been an advocate for Mourinho always. I'm not one of these fickle fans that's like, ah, fuck Mourinho. I hate him. I, de- I definitely don't hate him. I hate the team that he's at. Yeah. But, um, but it's a bit of a weird one for me because it's like I'm not a fan of Tottenham in any way, shape, or form, as are you. No. <laughs> but, or Mourinho. I don't like Mourinho, to be honest but with I'm, you. But I'm very happy for Mourinho, especially with after all the shit that he had to eat over the last couple of years and uh, basically saying he can't manor- manage in the modern game. I think he went away and he rebooted himself during this whole um, off-season. And, yeah, he, he whatever he's done, he's done something right, like... He was miserable in Manchester, there's no doubt about it. Wouldn't you be? I mean, no yeah. disrespect to Man United fans, but I mean, that club is run backwards now completely. I mean, you look at Man United, you know, the force that they once were. Like, I think a lot of United fans, this is going to piss a lot of them off, but listen, come at me, bro. Uh, know your level at the moment. You haven't been a top club now for, and I mean top club as in like a league winning club or. You know, even top two club for how long? When's the last time they finished second even? You know, it was about three or four years ago. I think so, Or yeah. would it be longer? Didn't they know. finish second behind Man City, wasn't it, the last time? Was it three yeah. years ago, maybe? About three or four years ago. So, well, like, obviously they're a huge club in terms of financially. But now, I mean, you've got their owner, Ed Woodward, coming out saying now that they have to balance the books and all this kind of stuff. And you're going, what? They're what fucking the minted. You know, again, it's just it seems like a, it's a stream of cash for their owners, and it's that's that's obviously the way they're going. But even at that, they have invested. I mean, to say that they haven't invested in the club, they've spent a lot of money over the last few years. One one billion pounds since Ferguson left. Sorry, one billion euros. Well, wow. want to be exact. And all yeah. those years, all those years, people calling us Chelsky and the the Russian and and this, like it's. Again, it's madness. I've always said this. It's it's absolute madness. Um, I mean, Solskjaer, I feel bad for, but I don't think he's the... I mean, Solskjaer is a likable guy, right? He's definitely a likable guy. Um, I suppose it's similar with you guys with Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? Uh, It's it's like there's... You've got people there that care about the club that that are on the front line. But it seems like the guys at the back giving the orders don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're throwing money in, in areas that isn't really needed. Like this whole, this whole director of football thing has only really come into England over the last decade or so. It was always a big thing in Italy and, and in, you know, in France and in Spain. But generally, those directors of football were former players, so they had no idea what they were doing. These clowns now are just literally suits that don't, really understand the game do you know what i mean um i mean we're kind of lucky in the sense that we've had your one marina granovskaya and 
you know, she she's pretty much on the ball when it comes to negotiating. But it's the same thing with Chelsea. There was these players getting bought and then loaned out, and it was just these players going, why? Like, I mean, Zappa Costa, why? Just because he's Italian and Conte yeah. wants a right back. But now you see Peter Cech has come in there, and he's a football man and, you know, a, a visionary. I mean, Mendy is, is Cech signing, right? And, and he's back training. And he's back training. Yeah. And he's registered to play, you know, if need be. Uh, and then you've got Lampard. Uh, look, it's just I'm very, very do you, lucky. Do you, think, do, do you think he'll get a game this year? Do you know what? I have a feeling that he will get a game at some point this year, whether it be in a cup or... You aren't, know. You, aren't you qualified now for the Champions League? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you threw him in for one of them games? Threw him in for the last one, the last home yeah. game or something. Do you know what I mean? That would be cool. No, but I think Lampard's vision, I mean, people were talking about Lampard. Oh, he's too young. He's this. And people were jumping him at the start of the season. Look at them now. I mean, he he's shown that he's able to adapt and change his tactics. He's willing to come out and say, I got it wrong. Last um, year, last year was a blessing in disguise for Chelsea, that transfer yes, ban. Yes. It was an absolute, and it was a different side of Chelsea that we haven't seen in a very long time. I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But then, when he's when he spent a good bit of cash this summer, so I thought, right, because that cash is spent now, he's kind of putting himself under pressure. Yeah, that's what I thought anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because obviously the first one he was able to get away with it. I mean, let's be let's be real. A lot of people didn't think that Chelsea were going to get top four last year. No. So the fact that United were were actually uh, almost teasing Chelsea over finishing above us even though they had bought <laughs> Harry Maguire for whatever amount of money it was 80 million and, I think yeah and we ended up with uh, with Zuma back from loan I think we see the real winners there in that one um, yeah. and they had spent money we, we, we didn't really I know we spent on Kovacic and Pulisic but the deals had technically already been done so essentially you had to go to the U-Pool and you look at that U-Pool now I mean Reese James, James Mason Mount Good Lord, that goal that uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi scored the other night, that, that tackle from Mason Mount to win the ball and then put him through, it was like watching young Sesk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Tammy Abraham, another one. Yeah, another one. That's what I mean. It's just, uh, yeah, it's incredible. That I think the job that Lamps has done has been amazing. And um, I do think Chelsea now have the squad to, um, to challenge Liverpool. I definitely think we could... Uh, I think we, I think we will challenge this year. I don't think the gap is going to be as big. I think it's, um, it's, it's a strange year. Anything can happen. I, I do feel that Chelsea have the squad to go the distance, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we're lifting the the, the Premier League trophy at the end of the season. But um, I definitely do think within the next two years, Chelsea will be a dominant force again, and I'm sure you probably agree with that as much as you hate to. But um, do you think the same manager will be there? Of course. You think so? Well, if he, especially if he wins. But I just think if he goes on a real barren patch, I don't know, the club has never been... Historically, know, it's been... historically, but opposition fans have been telling me since the day Abramovich took over the, the club that he was going to leave eventually and get bored. That's never happened. So that one's gone out the window. We know that the owner loves the club, even though... Theresa May decided that he wasn't allowed into the country after pumping how many billions worth of tax into the country. Yeah. That's just England right now, though, right? And uh, giving his hotels for free to NHS as well. 
There you go, yeah, yeah, because I don't. He wasn't one of the clubs that uh, he was continuing to pay his staff as well. Wasn't look for any of these government handouts, you know, when the likes of Man United and Liverpool were. Um, Liverpool went back on it quickly when they realised the publicity behind it wasn't good for them. But at the same time, that they, they wanted it, um, and that's not an the Ar- fans' fault. An Arsenal sacked their mascot. An Arsenal sacked their mascot. He's, you know, he's since mean? been rehired though. By Otel. Yeah, it was never really officially confirmed, but can they really take that money off him and of give it I, give it to the guy and just bring him back? I just, think it's also in the I think it's also in that costume, you know. Good for him to have something to do, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, I, he might be able to do a little bit more than some of them are doing at the moment. So, um, he's but they're think, left. Go ahead. They're left with a bit of egg on their face at the moment because of the whole lack of creativity thing. It's, but it's I think he's passed it anyway. It's a strange one, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think, to answer your question with the Lampard situation, I think the club are trying to go in a different direction now. I think Lampard was always going to be given two or three years anyway. I think he's uh, he's definitely performing now to expectations. The team is playing well. Havertz is back from Corona now, so he's back this weekend. They're just literally... For every position, if they have they have a player, you know, in the waiting. So it's um, it's exciting times to be a Chelsea fan. But uh, you know, I think all football fans need to learn not to be fickle in general because a lot of fans can just turn on their team with two bad results. So it, I hear what yeah. you're saying. So second or first? You want me to go out on a limb? I think I think this year. Do you know what? I'm actually going to say first. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think I think we can take advantage of Liverpool's injury situation now at the moment. I think if we beat Tottenham, I know we're at home. We should beat Tottenham. We always beat them anyway, generally. It was called yeah, three-point lane for a reason. <laughs> it's a shame but, it's not next week and the fans will be back into it. Exactly, but I think it's a big... I think a win against Tottenham this weekend is a huge statement, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think Klopp did mention that he was he thinks Lampard and Chelsea are going to be the team to watch next year. So he's obviously he's obviously watching that and kind of going, all right, this is a very young team that isn't all just built on money now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, going to be a feisty game. Yeah, I mean, like if you look at it, like the key pieces that he's added in, Werner, Werner's just what a player. Um, yeah. But he's a feisty player too. You know, he doesn't mind getting kicked or anything like that. But what you've seen now is, I think what you're watching now is a core being built again. You're looking at the Lampard and Terry and McAuley and Drogba situation being built again, you know? I haven't seen that in Chelsea since they've left. So I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at the back. Zuma looks like a guy that's ready to step up now when Thiago Silva eventually does retire. Um, Rhys James just looks like captain material as well. I mean, what an absolute beast of a player. (laughs) Like, he's a little demon. And uh, and then you've got Mason Mount, Coy Havertz in there. There's just there's a lot of components there that I have to say makes me look forward as a Chelsea fan. And, and now still... I won't bore any won't bore your listeners anymore with Chelsea because I'm sure most of your listeners are like this fucking guy. You still have that uh, Giroud to come off the bench and get a winner as well. Oh, Under, especially underrated. against Tottenham. Especially against Tottenham. He'd love that. Listen, he's sexy Giroud. You know what I mean? That's that's who he is. It's what he does. The... I think he's the most underrated player of our generation. I would agree with that. And uh, and if you look at the way, like he's actually walked into that Chelsea dressing room from day one and just happy to be a part of it. You know what I mean? He could have left yeah. this year. 
he knew he wasn't going to get a whole lot of game time with Tammy and and uh, Werner, but apparently yeah. he's he, apparently he's he's taken the two of them under his wing, and he's you know he's he knows. I mean, he's happy to be there. You know what I mean? You, you'd know if Giroud was unhappy. Yeah. You know, you would know, and I think he's a he's a model professional. Uh, yeah, great great player. I love him. Love Giroud. So to wrap things up then. Yep. Going towards this time next year. What is going to be, what's the network going to look like? What is your whole platform going to look like, say, this time next year, in your head? Um, in my head, we've got um, we've got the ability to have Patreon and allow fans to kind of have access to different content and have the fans a little bit more invested, not invested, but uh, more involved in the products that we're putting out. Um, hope to have a lot more shows on the network as well, covering different genres, covering different, different, uh, you know, different interests and hobbies and whatnot. Um, obviously YouTube is going to be a big thing for us. We definitely want to be on YouTube and all of the kind of video platforms, hopefully. And, uh, yeah. like I say, it's not all about making money necessarily, but it's, um, you know, it would be nice to kind of, have this uh, have this kick off and have it the way we make our living. Do you know what I mean? But but yeah. but by 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 doing so, we're giving better content then to uh, to, uh, to 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 the listener. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah I would like to see it. Um, I like that slow evolution because that's the way it's happened anyway. Yeah, and I think we're ready now to kind of take on take on a lot more. Do you know what I mean? We've got a good kind of team around us. Um, there's people that all have their 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 strengths and their key abilities to kind of bring something that the other person can't. You know what I mean? So it's a great, yeah. a great balance of kind of individuals and characters that we have here as well. And uh, you know, I'd be without you know without the likes of without the likes of Carl, without the likes of without Noel, without Peter, without Ted, without Jay, um, without Dara. And and the people that were listening to the show from from day one, like yourself, like Joe yeah. Doyne and all these people out there, uh, without them we we would be uh, we would be nowhere really. So I think the whole idea of the network is that we we kind of see potential, um, to to make it bigger than what it is, and hopefully start getting fans involved. And and obviously you and me have had discussions about that. Um, you know, when when all this shit opens back up, we want to be able to kind of do nights where we can bring fans and get them involved and. Yeah. Do live live podcasts, you know what I mean, for a couple of hours, have kind of raffles and stuff like that. Um have kind of cool nights like that, you know, and have DJ sets in between, which is where your you and Jay's trend comes in. Um yeah. so we can definitely make a lot of very unique nights going forward and and that's what I mean by fan interaction, you know. Yeah. Um I think that the possibilities are endless and uh I, I, I think we can only go onwards and upwards from here, you know? Brilliant. Well, it was lovely chatting to you anyway, man. You too, my brother. And we'll be in contact again, I'm sure. Ah, there's no doubt about that, my friend. No doubt about that. Cheers, man. <laughs>